Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Suggested Donation Podcast. We have a great and inspiring new episode for you. But first, I wanted to thank and give some love to my folks at Treckle Brushes and Art Supplies for sponsoring this episode. Treckle Art Supplies offers sensibly priced professional artist brushes and panels that are conveniently shipped to your door. Treckle is giving 15% off to Suggested Donation Podcast listeners. Enter code SD18, that's SD18, upon checkout to take advantage of this offer. One use per customer can't be used with Goldens, Gamblin, and Sennelier products. Go to treckle.com. Treckle is spelled T-R-E-K-E-L-L.com. Also, Suggested Donation Podcast will be at the FACE Conference. That's the Figurative Art Convention and Expo. That's going to be November 7th through the 10th at the Biltmore Hotel in Miami, Florida. It's going to be jam-packed with some amazing talent. And of course, your pals here at Suggested Donation will be present with a live event. Don't miss it. It's going to be great. I'm telling you now. Go. Go to figurativeartconvention.com for more information. Enjoy this new episode, and please remember to like us and review this podcast on iTunes. It really helps us out. And remember, please spread the word about the podcast. Thank you, Treckle. Thank you, Face Conference. And thank you, Jay Braun, for the audio magic. Society has come full circle. Like the it's, internet is all cat memes. It's yeah. like when right. the internet came out, it was all it was porn and hilarious cat videos, and that's all anybody. And ancient cared about. Egypt was but only can, porn and cat videos. So, so, so all those people who were discovering so those ancient true. tombs and everything, and there's cats. Like, what's the significance of it? And the people who painted were like, "Dude, Joey, look what I did! It's, yeah. it's a fucking cat! Isn't that awesome? It's your cat." Whenever, whenever a new medium is 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 released. Always porn is the first, is one of the first things. Yeah, That's yeah. photography. Like film, photography. First printing thing. press. Internet, a, internet, like. It was all, it's yeah, porn it's first. porn. <laughs> I don't know that that's true, the printing press, I wonder. I bet in some way it probably was, I mean, who knows if it's first, but it's early, you know? I'm like, sure really? Were there like erotic, like, yeah, descriptions. publications, yeah. like pamphlets that would come out with like erotic, like, story? She, Penthouse, like, forum came out and first. And I saw her wrist, and oh. <laughs> but then it was useful for political means. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> or talking about, like, some scandal. We're rolling, by the way. Oh, nice. Hey! All right. <laughs> Welcome to Suggested Donation. I'm Edward Minoff. I'm Tony Sarah and I. We have Jay Braun with us. Jay Braun, Braun, Braun. Hi, guys. And today we're we're in Philly. And we're hanging out with Carrie Dunn. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because we're actually sitting in your studio in Philadelphia and we used your model stand uh-huh. as like the table. Yeah. And we're all sitting uh, cross legged on the floor <laughs> in, uh, on a model stand. And generally, you're, you're, you're a figure painter. I mean, I would, I would guess, because everything I've seen of yours, because we've never met before, but I've right. admired your work for a long time. Ditto. And um, I always just saw your work as like figure, like, like he's this awesome figure painter cool. down, down in Philly. Well, I mean, mostly I, I think I came, it's like, here, hello, here I am, you know, as, a, as a portrait painter, yeah, right. you know, but figures more what I've been into for like the last year and a half. Yeah, but generally say. the human figure, whether it's portrait or... Yeah, uh, figure, sure. You know, like yeah. sort of a figure. painter of yeah. people. Yeah, love people, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah portraits. <laughs> you know, just attracted to the human face. And Where did that um, start? Where did that come from? Um, I think in, in, in college, I remember, you know, when you're in college, you have your sketchbook and you'd be doodling and I just 
noticed that I would just always be drawing my friends. Your pe- like people. Were you and an art major like, in college? Hmm. Illustration major. Oh, yeah. Where, Where was that? Uh, Ringling School of Art and Design. Oh, of course. In Florida. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. you're from Florida originally. More or less, yeah. yeah. More or less. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> well, we moved there when I was 10, but um, oh, okay, uh, yeah. yeah, I've actually lived in Philly a year longer than I lived in Florida, so... Um, so early life yeah. Philly, then Florida, then back in Philly. Well, I, I actually we, we lived in Colorado. Oh, okay. So born in Texas. Where in Texas? Uh, I was born in Lubbock, Texas. Damn, that's waste west. Is it? I have that's no idea. <laughs> I have friends from Lubbock. I haven't been back like, in a long time. <laughs> I, we tra- I traveled through Lubbock with my dad many years ago, like ten years ago, and it was not a town that you probably want to go back to. Wait, is your is your dad a Texan? Uh, well, my parents are all Floridians, but oh, my Floridian. my dad had this bug when he was young, and he wanted to go to West and mm-hmm. be a cowboy, and so we, wow, and it went through Texas, yeah, and Lubbock I, would, I showed up, and then you know Colorado, <laughs> and, and then, then he's like, all right, cowboy's <laughs> over. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't make any money in Colorado, so it was it was back to you know the suburbs in Florida. In Florida, <laughs> and so you were you went to the you went were you in high school were you. Um, Drawing and painting at all? Because, sure. Yeah. Seems like yeah. every time we talk to, we kind of have all these like similar things. Yeah. Like in high school, we were the ones in a corner drawing, drawing on the desks, and eventually it, people are like, you're gonna go to art school, and you're like, yeah. It's funny, know. like seeing the yeah. um, the Michelangelo show at the Metropolitan now, which I don't know if you've seen. I it, haven't but seen it yet. Visit. Okay. Uh, it ends in February, but um, uh, all those drawings, like. For whatever reason, I had a book of Michelangelo drawings, and those were the things that I was like, either I would copy them or I would just draw drawings kind of inspired by them. But like, I guess, I mean, you look at the Michelangelo drawings, they're mostly male torsos. And so for whatever reason in high school, I was drawing male torsos all (laughs) the time. And I I didn't really understand it. I never even tried to understand it. I just thought that the Michelangelo drawings are beautiful. Yeah, They, they are. They are incredible and I don't think I was like it didn't occur to me that they were male torsos at all it was just they were beautiful drawings and I was trying to draw like that like even as females are male torsos there's, there's yeah there's Uli oh yeah trying to get in it's the uh studio building cat is uh where it's funny because your <laughs> your studio's in an old high school mm-hmm Yep. It's so yeah, cool. yeah. I, I went to the bathroom. I felt like I was going to get jumped. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say to me yeah. in third period? I know. I, w- I would definitely. What did you say? Yeah. I could imagine myself having to hold it in for the whole day. <laughs> Three o'clock. Yeah. Meet me out front. Yeah, you mentioned this is our second uh, Philly studio visit of the day. Well, nobody's going to know that. Well, possibly. Hey, kitty. But that it's just so interesting to be in the studio with uh, some of the paintings we're going to be discussing. I would say when you the idea of when you go. As a, you know, as professional artists, I get super psyched going to people's studios because they sure. might be a little different than mine, or a just seeing, or or a lot different, but just seeing the working process on anybody, whether you're an artist or anything, is something I'm still really, really interested in about. It's and that's so kind of one of the reasons why like, we started yeah. the podcast. That's why I was asking how many you've done now because I can imagine the. You know, everybody's. You get a, a sort of a, a view into how, you know people's spaces and yeah. how, they're, how they're working and blah blah blah. You know, and like what they're interested in. And, yeah. Uh, I, it, so that, that's that's like an education. For totally, sure. and for it's sure. it's it's inspiring. But the idea of when you visit other people's studios, see what they're working on, kind of seeing the man behind the man or woman behind the curtain. The idea of that. Yeah. Is really interesting. I know that even for professionally. When I've had clients and people come to my studio and see me in in the middle of something or working on something, even though I always want to show my paintings in the best light, oh, when they're finished and they look amazing, because, you know, there's that idea that even though I would love to have my paintings at any stage of it look great, it's just not true. There are parts that at times in the middle of a painting where you're like, ah, I don't want anybody to see this yet because I'm struggling. Yeah. But when clients come into the studio and they're like, I know I've noticed them just like they feel like it's this big deal thing that they're in like a studio seeing something being created that they don't do. So I don't think that that doesn't fall away from me. Like when I go to see other people's workshops and if they make anything, whether it's paintings, sculptures or like they're making knives or even, you know, we have friends who are chefs. 
when, we, when they're in the kitchen, we're like, whoa, that's so yeah. awesome. You're like creating stuff. It must be so awesome to be in a building like this with so many different disciplines and so many different things to get input from. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, we got glass blowers um, down in the, in the basement. There's a boxing ring down in the basement. What? Have you yeah. tried all those things? Well, I visited him. I haven't really tried. <laughs> I thought about going to the boxing one, and, they, and they, he put the sales pitch on me. And I thought about it, and I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to – my hands are too delicate. For yeah, yeah. Did you ever tell him to come up and, like, those are good places to go get models? Yeah. That's a good, that's, that's a good idea. I, hadn't, I don't know why they We used to share to me, a yeah. – uh, uh, build in the building where Water Street was, was also Gleason's gym. And so we oh, got, is that right? That's where, like, Tyson got his start. And, wow. And so we had some That's why there were some boxers' yeah, exactly. uh, paintings coming out of there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we, we were talking look, about Patricia Watwood. I yeah, that yeah. She did, really she, nice. she did a really, really good. Yeah. yeah, that was a really good. He was actually, That's I think, a Golden Gloves champ for his painting. weight class. Yeah, yeah. But the idea of, um, yeah, this, you, you're kind of have, you might have a source of, of material around here to be like, hey, uh, you got a couple hours on you? <laughs> you can come in my studio? Like, it's glass. You're, you know, you're it's like not super about creepy. To take the headphones off and just <laughs> start painting. That's a good idea. I'm yeah. out of here. Yeah. Uh, uh. So, you went to, so you, you, from high school, you went to college and you studied illustration. Yeah. I remember, like, yeah. the Society of Illustrator shows. Ringling always had, like, a bunch of people coming out of there. Did they? I guess, I guess they probably did. I mean, yeah. I remember, like, like this, the contestants, like, the competitions yeah. or something like that. I remember looking at the, what was that illustrator annual yeah that was a big deal that one yeah and, and, so what were you soon. drawing like what, what in high school like going back to that like what, yeah. what kind of things were you into like what um so i mean i, I pretty much junior high i think is where i really got my training mm -hmm. and and that was uh well in elementary school uh started with garfield and then, <laughs> and then that progressed to to uh, comic books and, yeah. uh -huh. and it's funny like now i i really pushed the charles Barg drawing book for you know, yeah, learning how yeah. to draw. And a lot of people, you know, some people are into it, but some people think it's kind of dry. You know, but like, I, I never train on the bar, Charles, the, that, that drawing book, but it makes total sense. Yeah, it's yeah. the same thing I was doing with comic books. I was trying to figure out, like, you know, if I want to draw Wolverine or whatever, like, how do I, like, how, how can I break this drawing down? And it's simplistic. Yeah, like, and sort of rebuild lines, it, yeah. you know, and so like, that trained me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I it's remember like flat to flat, just exactly. matching the shapes, and it's like a boot camp for your eye. Yeah, exactly. I remember yeah. seeing all. And those I think a lot of those guys were looking. I mean, if you go far back enough, trained on the Barg book, and then you know, obviously, it all developed yeah. over over years. But uh, I think like the old Disney animators, I'm convinced, were all looking at the okay. Barg book when you know when they were learning. You, was that readily? Do you think that was readily available? The the plates. The Barg plates yeah, back at then? the turn of the century, I think that they were readily available. Yeah. I think that you know that disappeared in the like early part of the 20th century. I mean, I'm not a fashion. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I mean, it, along with Sargent and you know, and all those painters yep, who had definitely. kind of come out of that tradition. But even yeah. when I was in college, I'd never heard of the Barg book. I never heard of the I course. Either. I didn't yeah. hear right. about the, how they were trained. Even though I started getting interested in like 19th century painting when I was like second or third year in college. And then you would have to go and just figure it out on your own. And I remember going on the Upper East Side, they would have those Sotheby catalogs mm -hmm. for the, um, for the, the oh, auctions. Yeah, yeah. And you'd go at certain times when they were doing um, recycling and there would just be piles <laughs> of like cardboard and books and everything. And I can go there and pretty much like go through them and find the Sotheby catalogs and rip out the pages of some of like the artists you've century, never heard yeah. of, but you know, every, everyone from like Bouguereau and all these people to names that I still don't know. Yeah. But that was like a source and I would be like, wait, who the hell are these people? Like, I don't know anything. Why don't I know anything about this? And yeah, even Barg in college, one of them. and Barg was one of them. And even in college, I didn't know, I didn't know and wasn't taught anything about these people. But did you get any of that training or any of that knowledge in, at, in college, in college? For um, not in college. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until I remember my actually my senior year, um, um, uh, Jacob Collins yeah. had this uh, that magazine spread where he just like came on the scene. It was like this oh, new female and like yeah. one of those magazines, and everybody was just like, "Who is that? <laughs> Who is this guy? Like, where did he come from?" And that was sort of like you know the start of the atelier movement, yeah. you know, so Water Street and all that, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, um, and. So, I mean, that, so that was, but no, I'd never heard of 
you know, a lot of those, the academic painters and whatnot. And then I remember I, I watched, I rented a, a um, sort of my progression into it. Uh, I rented a DVD from the library at Ringling and it was a portrait painting demonstration by Daniel Green. Uh, and I remember my senior year, I was like, I don't know about illustration. I don't know if it's really for me. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, the only reason I went into illustration is because I didn't want to do conceptual art. And that's where the training was, any sort of exactly. training. Exactly. Yeah, even right. a little bit. And I'm not saying it was like right. what you're doing now. At least I'm you, drawing. You're and, drawing yeah. relatively representationally. Right. Yeah. I kind of had this, that same thing. So, so you were so you saw the DVD and you're like, oh wait. I was like, I was like, whoa! I was like, this is what I want to do. That's kind of like, that's it. And then, and then I after college, uh, I knew I needed to find a teacher, and that sent me off in a so how did you research direction. it as far as like where to find a teacher yeah and just i remember like I, I emailed jeremy lipking because he had just come on the scene and uh -huh. he was kind of blowing up and yeah. he finally got back to me like three months later <laughs> thanks jeremy uh, uh, <laughs> and uh um and he oh he's i mean but he had said you know his teacher wasn't teaching anymore anyways i, I finally decided the best place for me to go would be the art students league in new york and i just Took off for New York and was Dan um, Green teaching there at the time, or had he already no, stepped away? Because uh, he he taught there for oh, a long time. Oh, is that right? Time. Yeah, I didn't know that. Okay, I kind of bounced around a couple different classes, yeah. and and um, uh, I eventually stumbled into Nelson Shanks' class. Oh, so just right. like kind that's of dumb luck, there. or were you dumb luck? Really, it was that's... really dumb luck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a pretty good person to run into. Yeah, yeah I remember. Like, I, yeah, but I, so I remember looking at at in the catalog. I was like, yeah. I don't know about this teacher because his, his work looked a little bit more finished than what I wanted. I like more painterly, yeah, sort of aesthetic. Um, but I decided to just try it out because I because uh, it you know pretty much just worked with my schedule. I was working in the evening time, <laughs> and uh, and For I remember I wandered <laughs> and I wandered into his his class and. The, there was something very different about his class from any other classes I'd been in. There, there was just something about the way that when he spoke, it just everybody, I don't know, it just had this air about it. Uh, it was just different from any other class I'd ever been in. Like in so what kinda, way? What it... I, just, I just had this feeling like he knew, I don't know, um, you know, it wasn't, I think some of the other teachers were a little, had been there a long time or were kind of apathetic or, oh, yeah. but his class just had this energy and, and, you know, when he would tell a joke, everybody would laugh. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and when he would, you know, it's just like everything he said was like kind of revered by the whole class and it was right. a pretty big class. And so, um, so it was like the energy kind of pulled me in. Yeah. Of, of like everybody just so fixated on like this guy's got a lot to give. Yeah. Everybody, they, everybody, you know, definitely you know, uh, idolized him. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, so they had that air about him. Not only was he, I mean, and super successful yeah. painter, and it, uh, but he was also, I mean, I mean, he was a pretty amazing, you know, uh, 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 technician too. Yeah. So it's like sure. not only are you super successful at what you do, which is a really hard thing to do to become a successful painter portrait painter but to be successful and good and good you <laughs> yeah. know like it's like yeah it makes sense and yeah. i remember when i first met him i was like yeah i had the same like oh wow that's uh nelson shanks that guy that guy can really paint you know yeah well i think he kind of set himself apart <laughs> from his his peers and his generation like he was just always like i'm gonna be the, the best the, yeah the yeah. guy that's yeah. ever lived yeah. you know in in in, in nelson's mind like I you know he really saw himself as competing with the old masters and you know he had a lot of strong opinions put a lot of people off um basically thought a lot of other people weren't setting the bar high enough yeah. etc so yeah I remember yeah. talking to him a long time ago too yeah. and and actually realized that he was doing that where he'd just be like like yeah whatever you know I was like oh okay <laughs> yeah but so you were in his class and were you like okay I'm going to Stick with this class for a while. How long were you at the Art Students League with him? Um, I only lasted in New York for a total of seven months before yeah. I ran out of money and went yeah. back to Florida with my tail between my legs. Uh, uh, so I was in his class for about three months, but uh, I think I made an impression. So, yeah. you know, and he was like, okay, he was actually, and about a year later, should I tell the whole story? Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you keep in touch with him the whole like when you left? Were you like, I can't afford this anymore, but you know, I love what you're doing? Or yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm gonna come back as soon as I can, you know. And he was like, okay, you know. And um, and so I went. I went back to Florida and got 
my old job at the hotel at back in um, Bates Motel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, is that which place? Oh, yeah, that's a, um, um, how'd you know? Uh, and. About eight months went by, and I couldn't really get my act together. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I wasn't making the the good shifts and all that stuff that I had been gotten into before. So obviously, I wasn't getting back to New York anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And I finally wrote after eight months went by, and, and I wrote him this really long email, you know, saying, "Oh, you know, I'm trying to paint when I can, and uh, you know, I'm, I would love to get to New York, and you know, at some point, you know, but it's just not happening right now." And a couple of days went by, and I get this you know, three sent an email back from Nelson and he's like, I'm opening a school in Philadelphia in three weeks and I think you should be there. <laughs> and, and so, you know, that's, you know, you're just kind of, you're, you're, you're looking at this thing and you're like, my whole life's about to change. You know? <laughs> yeah. and, and, uh, and part of me is kind of scared and part of me is like excited and, you know, but I, I called him up and I'm like, I can't pay for this. You know, there's no way I'm not going to be able to really do that. He's like, don't worry about any of that. Just, you know, just get up just here. Just get here. Wow. And, really? And I, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, Drove up to Philly and slept in my car for two weeks. And, no way. And, you know, <laughs> and uh, now I own a house here. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so, when years. he, when, when, so you were the first crop. You were of, in, of Incominati, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's right. And who and, was teaching? Was it just him? Um, it was primarily him. A few of his, his, the older generation students would come down, Ismail Checo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, who had been his monitor at the league for a long time, right? Yes. Yeah. Vivian and a few other people. Was Dan part of that first wave? Dan Thompson? No. Or did he come later? He came a little later a little and later. he was kind of like floating in different camps. Right? Yeah. And so yeah. He, he kind of perused through <laughs> yeah. Nelson's class, I think. And, um, <laughs> But he was he was around. Yeah, he was around the earth in the first generation. What was the vibe like Kaminati? to have a school that he was just running? As far as like, it's not a, a class at the Art Students League. It's like, all right, excitement. all this is my thing. And it was excitement. Yeah, yeah, everybody was like, yeah, like he was finally doing it, and um, you know, some of the people that were close to him were like, oh, you got to do this, and so and so they was like, okay, let's do it, and you know, uh. I think that he just decided to kind of pull the trigger and, you know, when Nelson says, okay, let's do it. Then, you know, there's this group of people around him that sort of start making Make things it happen. happen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and Nelson just shows up and he's okay, I'm here. You know? um, uh, but in those early, it's good to be king. right? Yeah. Uh, so the vibe yeah. was like, everybody was super into it. Yeah. And, everybody was real excited. And did he have, what does Encaminati mean? Uh, it's Italian. It means to, pro- to progress forward. Yeah. But did he have um, a structure ready to go, or was it like a um, kind of work in progress? Like, oh, we're going to kind of figure this thing out, or did he have like a very specific way he of had, start, yeah. middle, you know, end type of thing? He had a specific way because he had been teaching at uh, Art Students League, and so he'd been in doing workshops. He'd been teaching for a long time. So he would do three exercises. He would have charcoal drawing like vine charcoal very painterly way of drawing um you know kind of direct direct drawing approach Mm -hmm. um he would have color study which is these very exaggerated color studies um in the tradition of henry henchy the henchy Henchy thing yeah Yeah. what is that can you explain a little bit about just because i think a lot of people don't know who henry henchy is i learned a little bit about him through like through dan thompson and also through uh steve perkins yeah, sure. Um, see, I'm trying to remember what the lineage is. Uh, uh, Henchy studied with uh, Charles Hawthorne. Hawthorne studied yeah. with William Merritt Chase. Yes. William Merritt Chase spent time with Monet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's right. Um, <clears throat> and so there's some direct line to Monet. Right. I mean, that's... That's the idea. That's the idea. Right. And um, so, but, but Henry Henchy kind of made his whole career just doing these color studies and... Um, I mean, he would do some longer paintings, but most, so color study is like you, you're painting from life and the first rule of color study is you don't talk about color study. <laughs> um, it's my favorite joke, every, every workshop, um, uh, is, is you want to exaggerate the colors you see. So, you know, it's, so in, you, when you try to, you know, so if you see something blue, you make it really blue. If you see something, you know, pinkish purple you make it really strong so everything becomes an exaggeration and of course later on it becomes more 
uh, a little uh, closer to yeah is you, the idea that like painting over and over is going to dull the color anyway and so right okay that's one of them yeah and so and so what it does is it trains you to sort of become more sensitive to seeing color differences whereas you know other schools you know at the Hentry people and and Kamenati <laughs> people will say that you know other schools of thought are working in browns and grays yeah and so it's basically a way to like um, make your eyes more sensitive to color differentiate, you know, like color distinctions or like fine modulations. Yeah. So it just kind of takes the, the circle and expands it out. Is that so, the idea that like, if you really push, let's say like your blue really push it, then it's going to be maybe easier to differentiate like a blue green from a purple blue or like that as you're ratcheting up the chroma that you're better able to see those distinctions yes right right exactly i remember it's, it's kind of it's kind of like on, like on your on your photoshop when you just going the up saturation. the saturation yeah it's pretty much i remember it. doing it's, it's really just a training yeah a training thing i mm -hmm. remember looking at a certain color once when i was looking um at something i was trying to identify in photoshop and i was like i don't know what that is and then i it looked like kind of a grayish, like green. And then I, I cranked up the saturation. And it was like, oh, it's this specific type of green. And then when I went back to it, I was like, oh, I can kind of understand what that color is now. Mm. So is it kind of like that? That sounds exactly right. Ah, yeah. I never even really, because I, I remember I was talking to Dan once about that. And I was like, well, when you're seeing the complementary colors or something, or what color are you seeing? Because I don't necessarily see what you're seeing. And I might get this wrong, but he was like, almost like, look at it peripherally. Yeah. Where you're like looking at it and you see that color you see uh, like from the side right. of your eye. That's yes. what you want to put down. I was like, yep. wait, what? Yeah. That was super wait, interesting. So explain that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Can you So like when you, the color's based on relationships, right? This right. is more blue green because sure. this other blue is more blue blue. Right. You know, so the color's based on relationships, you know, like um, that's a big principle. And um, so if you stare at a color, you isolate it and then, you, you know, I'm sure We've all had the experience where you stare into a color, especially like shadow, and then you start seeing every color every in the color rainbow. In the you're yeah. like, oh, God, I have no idea what color it is now. If I tell you you see purple, you'll see purple. If you see green, you'll see green. <laughs> and um, so, so, so in order to not do that, you have to kind of glance at it real quick and see it in context. But you can, you, it's almost like this fleeting thing where you see it for a moment, but if you look at it for more than a second, you're going to lose it. So, yeah. It's, yeah. It's almost seeing like in, in Munsell when you... Uh, if you want to see a complementary color, you put the color and you stare at it for a while, and as soon as you take it out, you see the ghost image yeah, of it, yeah. and you see the true like complementary. Well, Joseph color. Albers did that thing yeah. uh, where he he did like a, an American flag, I think, in like I don't all the comp like the you know, actual green and the visual orange, complementaries, not the pigment, and then had a blank wall next to it, and you'd stare at the yeah. American flag, and then you close <clears> your eyes for a second it, yeah. and look at the blank wall, and you'd see a red, white, and blue American flag. Whoa, really? Yeah. Yeah. In. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, his his. You just got to get. I have no idea what that is. But. You just have to get. You just have to get the visual. The um the it's called additive mixture. It's the it's the actual light complementary of the color as opposed to the pigment. Like what we would mix isn't necessarily exactly the same complementary color as the, the, the lights version of it. Okay. So if you did that, that would work. That's, I never even thought, I, who did that? Joseph Albers. Oh, okay. Interesting. That's um, a good idea. But those, or like Anthony Wytrulis is always posting online these little like color fields where it's like, you know, what color is this balloon? And it looks blue, but if you say blue, everybody's gonna laugh at you because it's actually like gray, but it's it's just in it's a, like a you trick. Know, an orange like, field. You and got so, me you know. <laughs> yeah. He's a saturator. He talks about going into Photoshop and doing doing hue and saturation adjustments whenever he's doing a painting. Who? Wachulis? Wachulis, oh, yeah. really? Is this in your private conversation? No, it's actually that? in our podcast. <laughs> it's actually in our podcast if people were paying attention. You actually attention. listen to our yes. own show? <laughs> if, if, if people were paying attention, maybe they would. So when, when you started learning that more, were you doing anything that was similar to like the Henshi-ish or anything Nelson was doing before you started studying with him? Was this something mm -hmm. that you had to like force yourself to learn or was it something that you picked up really quick? Um, I, I mean, I think I picked it up at a normal rate okay. uh, as a student, uh, um, but I, I just loved it. I just jumped into it. You know, I didn't question it. I, you know, as if you, you know, some people question it when they come in and they, 
they kind of they're like, whoa, resist. I don't, I don't see that orange. I don't see that blue. That's you know, way and, too bright. And yeah. some of the color studies are a bit garish. That's, yeah. what, that's what everybody complains about. Like they're kind of garish looking, and they a lot of them are. You yeah. know, um, uh, you know, and, they, and you worry like, oh man, I'm going to paint this way forever from now on. But <laughs> uh, but that's not the case. You have to kind of go through that and then come out the other kind of side. just to really understand it, color and then be deeply, able to yeah. like yeah, and then you can dial it back. Uh, um, yeah. So you were saying before yeah. that uh, you do charcoal studies, then the kind of henchy-based color studies, right. and then what was the... The third one was what we call duotone, which nobody knows what that is except for our little world. Um, but well, it's... I know, but they don't know what it is. Okay. Whenever Tony says that, it means he doesn't know what it is. Right, right. So it's basically uh, grisaille with flesh tones. Oh, okay. okay. Brown, brown shadows, flesh tones, and it's just really limited and... So it's almost the opposite of the of the henchy kind of color study. Like there, right. you're actually doing like the brown gray painting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and the one thing all these have in common is direct painting. So, uh, you know, we 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 just work out. We do we would do a lot of short gestures and croquis in, and, in, and slowly build on those to start a painting in mm -hmm. paint. So you weren't really right. doing any pre-drawing. You're mm -hmm. not doing any transferring or any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So how long were you spending in each kind of little third or is it something that you kind of went back and forth with uh in the early years it was very organic you just uh, kind of like do this for a while do yeah this. <laughs> a couple of months and they'd be like oh, i want to go you know and um you know, and nelson would be like you're up. not ready <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> and most people yeah and some people weren't ready and, yeah yeah and, for sure um now it's the school is very structured you know like later on uh actually Stephen early and uh, Darren Kingsley, Lee White, I think they were a part of sort of like structuring the school. And so now there's a year of charcoal drawing and, yeah. you know, like half a year color study and, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it makes well, sense, especially because some of that, it's hard to teach certain things that are intuitive to some people where like some people will get it and some people won't. So how do you teach something that somebody can just get like pretty fast? And, um, something like that to like structure it because like the henchy like, for example the henchy thing i could see a lot of people being like i don't exactly know how to do that yeah. but if you start them off somewhere in the beginning and then work up to that i could uh, the, the the teachability i think could be like a lot easier than just being like yeah ju just jump into this i'd be like oh, i don't know what to do what, what do you mean like if, if you were to slowly the idea of structuring it. stuff, you know, oh, okay. like to really have like do this first for like a year or whatever. Do this. There's for a like while. a pedagogy. You have to do this before you do that because yeah. this is going to inform that. Right. Like I mean, opening, I feel like that opening yeah. the door. I mean, we do generally do that at the GCA too. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So so then, how long were you at the um, in Cominati? Like, how was it? Were they like so? I'm this... like now. I'm like a level sixteen student. Yeah. <laughs> so is it something that you're when they started the school off that you were gonna like? It's this gonna be a four year program or two year program or they're like whatever. I had no idea. As, just as long as you want it to be. Yeah, in the beginning, nobody knew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And was Nelson pretty active there at the time? Um, like he's... Yeah, in the like the first year or two was his most active part. Mm -hmm. uh, he basically he would show up. Like one day a week. Oh, nice. Um, and and you know see what everybody was doing, and then eventually he would probably end up painting on somebody's painting, and everybody would watch. And right. um, you know he was very inspirational. Like he he didn't. It's fun to watch him paint. Yeah. It's like it's like a conductor. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh. I never got to see that. I mean, I know that he would have these like demonstrations, and there'd be like a f audience full of people who would like pay to see him do it, and it was. Right. I mean. Everybody described it as very theatrical. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd I mean, love it was, to have seen it. Um, there's some videos you can. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just uh, around. I think I have one. I can oh yeah. Loan it to you. I yeah, totally. <laughs> Would you guys go to his studio and um, mm -hmm. to go? Yeah, we'd make we take visits out there. Out he there. used to have these beautiful, very small figure study paintings that were just like they'd be like a nude, you know, maybe half figure on like a very small canvas and they were like yeah. super detailed, very like 19th century it looked like to me. Sure, yeah. Beautiful paintings, uh, yeah. those things, I don't know, I remember visiting a studio and those paintings just standing out because they were unlike a lot of his other work where like his, his portraits, his formal portraits are very finished in every sense, you know, and, sure. and these were like, 
you know, sketchy in places and also just on canvas, just these figures, but they're really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Gorgeous. <laughs> so when you were at the school, then there was this, I'm assuming there was a point where you had to kind of like leave and go do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Actually, Michael Grimaldi told me that he was like, he's like, he's like, if you really want to find out who you are as an artist, you got to leave art school. Yeah. And, and I was like, Hmm, that sounds right. Um, <laughs> uh, Bye. <laughs> <laughs> was he uh, teaching there at a time? A little bit. He would. I mean, he was just teaching like evening classes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, what, he's an uh, amazing. Oh, his drawings are just ridiculous. Yeah, they're so. <laughs> yeah. They're annoying. They're like otherworldly. <laughs> they're so good. Yeah. So what? So you were like, all right, I'm gonna kind of just head out there and start doing some painting, or? Yeah, I just kind of decided there was a point where I just kind of made a break and moved my studio out outside the school, and you know that's always a you know, kind of like wandering in the wilderness yeah. for a few years because yeah. you don't have a studio space. and You don't exactly know what you want to say. But also, quite, yeah, yeah, you've been sure. like studying and just trying to learn what they're teaching, but then at a certain point you got to figure out who you are, right? Yeah, yeah, and you want to kind of branch out beyond the bubble. You yeah. Because art school is like this bubble and everybody has the same, everybody, everybody follows the same mantras and the same, yeah. you know, everybody agrees on the same aesthetics and, you know, so... If you if you want to stay in that, great. But if you want to explore, then you you got to you got to leave. Yeah, I remember hearing a lot of people who would talk about whether it's a an atelier or some sort of studio where they're like, hey man, everybody's kind of doing the same thing. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of the idea. I agree. <laughs> like yeah. it doesn't mean that's a bad thing. Right. If you're so simple minded that that's all you're ever gonna like get out of it and have to then. Maybe it's not for you, but the idea that if you're going to Incominati, GCA, or Florence Academy, or anything, yeah, go in there, get all in, be part of it, yeah. be part of the hive, you know, for a little bit, yeah. and then get out there and do something else yeah. with with the information. But it's it's amazing how people would just automatically just try to um, whether it's discourage or you know say ah. It's it's this one thing, and I'm like, yeah, it is kind of that, and it's yeah. a good. That's actually not a bad thing to be like. It's this one thing. Yeah. Go learn it. Yeah. Well, it's like in in, in the contemporary art world, um, you know, it's like th being an individual and not being like anybody else is like the that's know, the highest the goal. Yeah. yeah. For sure. When I understand that makes sense, you know, like you want that you want that thing that is uniquely you and not anybody else mm. and ateliers are kind of a little bit the opposite of that you know like everybody's <laughs> yeah. trying to learn the same thing but you're right the point of that is you're trying to learn this you're trying to learn you're trying to build the skill set you know so you know and then ideally once you have the skill yeah then you want to go you know then what are you going to do with it yeah you know, that's the next question but it seems like you were saying in the modern art world where everybody wants to be this individual and i think we all want that Right. But yeah. it seems like so many people are in such a rush to be like, I'm an individual and like scream it out. And I'm like, we're wired to kind of do that as well. Like we're wired to be together, but we're wired to do our own little thing. Mm. And sometimes I'm like, you don't have to be in such a rush to be an individual. Like it's okay to like go and figure things out and sort of be in a, in a tribe for a while. Yeah. And I do think that we're also wired to be very much in a tribe and yeah. have your people. Sure. Like, um, yeah, I was telling them, like, I was, lately I've been in Dallas, and it's been kind of hard for me because I don't have yeah. my crew. And yeah. it's not that I'm seeing people every day. If anything, I barely see people, but I know they're there. And I know that if I need to be around, like, that influence and that idea that somebody's doing something kind of like me, it, like, is... It's it's reassuring. So yeah. sometimes that's when I go back to like the idea of like people going to a place like the Incominati or GCA, like it's a really good place for yeah. some people to go there and be like, don't worry about anything. Just yeah. worry about this exactly. thing. Everybody's worrying about the same thing. You're kind of like you're not alone. Yeah. And it's a hard thing that you're doing, that we're all doing. Right. So might as well just go jump in with everybody else. Yeah, and that's one of the great things about the ateliers is everybody there is like-minded. Everybody there is after the same thing. Yeah. So it's yeah. this great community support network, um, you know, while you're, while you're learning that. Yeah, so when you were out sort of floundering like a fish like we all were. Uh, yeah, still am. <laughs> still am, yeah. 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 <laughs> Was it like, I'm just going to kind of concentrate on the figure, I'm just going to 
do portraits. portraits. I just want to kind of get in a gallery or I want to get more like representation. So of... like, yeah, you were talking about like people are always in this rush to, yeah. to, you know, you know, be an individual. And like, I think in art, it's about the long game, you yeah. know? So it's like, you know, if you want to be doing this, you know, through your whole career, you got to kind of, you know, I, I think, I think taking the long game is, I don't think there's anything wrong you with that. Burn you, know? <laughs> I, I, you just keep getting better. I mean, ideally you just keep, Right, you know, like you know, incrementally keep, though, not trying yeah. to like blow everything up every two years or. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, are you um, lately? Are you going to be mostly focusing and again like on portrait stuff, or is there something that um, you're going for? Yeah. So like like sometimes I think I'm a little bit too long. Too long to, <laughs> like I feel like you might need to speed that up just a little bit. <laughs> so slow in life in general, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, it's that Florida thing. Everything is like, <laughs> it's too hot outside. I'm not going to do anything. Uh, so, so like, yeah, like I love portraits, but if, if you're not going to be a commissioned portrait painter, mm. which, eh, you know, I, I don't mind do you do that a little bit here and there. Um, like I'm like, that's, yeah, I'm just wrapping that one up and, uh, really nice. and, and it's, it's cool, you know, but it's not as, um, you know, there's, you can make good money doing it. Uh, you know, I, I, I was tell people, I could, if I was just going to be a commission portrait painter, I could probably be making a hundred grand a year yeah. by now. But, you know, there's this other itch that you want to yeah. explore and, and be, you know, just, I guess more the gallery route. You can be a little more creative. You can kind of find out who you are. So uh, explore that more so. So yeah. I, I definitely want to work on figures more. It's kind of where I've been at. Like, like full figure, like not just the portrait. But right. Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. As far as your process goes, is there something that you're doing now that is very different or different than when what you were doing at Incominati or anything? Is there something that you're just sort of developing on your generally what's like how do you take us through one of your paintings? Like how do you generally start it? How do you go through it? And are you is it one that you might work on for months or is are you one of those who's like hit it and then gone like I only spend a certain amount of time on paintings like or do you go back into them type of stuff <laughs> uh sure um I don't know I, I think experimentation is always good so I, I'll change up my mediums and you know I went back into drawing and try different mediums and that was great because it started bringing the linear quality back into my paintings again and then my paintings started looking more like drawings like you can paint mm -hmm. and it almost yeah. look like a drawing I've noticed a lot of those like when I've on Facebook and stuff, I saw a bunch of viewers that have this like kind of sketchy thing that you were yeah. leaving, and I was like, oh, that looks so super good. Cool, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I also have some friends over at PAFA, Pennsylvania oh, yeah, Academy yeah. of the Fine Arts, that you know either teach, they graduated from there, and some people, some of them are starting to teach there and stuff. And and uh, Peter Van Dyke, yeah, uh, uh, um, and their school of thought, the whole like perceptual painting sort of genre. You know, like the um, sort of like very almost ab, you know, like Peter Van Dyke's paintings are kind of more like abstract shapes. Yeah, yeah like representational, but kind of it's kind of more on the fence between representational abstraction. Yeah, and yeah. And, uh, and so I, you know, sometimes like some of their words um, have you know kind of rolled around in my head. Um, uh, um, uh, Martin Campos is an, is another painter over there who who. I've become friends with and uh, um, so like I remember one time Martin I can't remember if it was Martin or Jen Warpole uh, told me like oh yeah they knew this student who would take you know it'd be halfway through a painting and would just take their palette and just go splat <laughs> you know because it would just throw a whole other element into the process and oh you mean not out of frustration but it as a part of the process exactly right and, like and throw a wrench in it and then yeah, see if you can problem solve your exactly, way out of it. Exactly. Right. I mean, that's like what we were talking about with Steve Assel like, right. uh, doing his demos. Well, yeah. when I forgot who it was, but they said that uh, they, they painted something and they were like, no, no, that's too easy. And they like erased it. Like, <laughs> that was Steve Assel. Yeah. Is that Steve Assel yeah. who said that? Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I, so I did that and it was actually, I thought it was. Well, you splattered your palette on. I the... did, and, and, and uh, it was a very helpful exercise. Okay, is that that painting up there? <laughs> Not that, but actually. Uh, I can show you which one it is. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and it so was, it, it was, a, huh? It worked. It, it ended up working. Yeah, okay. absolutely. And, and which just opened you up to kind of reassess everything in a way. Yeah. Yes. So you have to re, like you said, problem solve. So yeah. 
and, and I've taken that lesson and sometimes I'll, some of my figure paintings aren't very many of them here. Um, you know, sometimes I'll just start with a figure right in the middle of the canvas, just wherever it feels right. And yeah. I have no idea how to solve the rest of the painting. And I actually like that because it, it forces me to come up with creative solutions that I never would have even thought of if I hadn't put myself in that Right. Position, yeah. So you come up with these different compositions and solutions that you wouldn't have done if you were overthinking it. Yeah, you if you had thought it all out in a thumbnail, you you, you just you know. would never go there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, or like Kent Williams. Do you, do you know Kent? Yeah, Williams? sure. He's you really, know, like he's really like good. his abstract backgrounds and stuff. I think are really cool, and it's just somebody that comes to but mind. But it's something <clears> that you would just say, "I'm going to put this portrait in, and then whatever happens after it happens after it, and I'll yeah. figure it out." Yeah. So and and some paintings bomb they just don't work <laughs> yeah and, no and, that's, and that so i mean i i always say it about half of my paintings fail no i think so. there's something super important <clears throat> in that is the idea of the failure part of it is like the best teaching tool but it's also putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation is something that i've been wanting to tr trying to force myself to do more is the idea of like I Jay will put you in an uncomfortable. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea of forcing yourself to be uncomfortable. I can help. To work out. That to work any, out of it. To yeah. work out of it. And just it, you, to figure that's out. That's part yeah. of the thing. It's hard though, because then, you know, it's like, well I get it. Like <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I like it's hard. Well the other thing it. is that it, like if you've if you're a professional painter, if you're paying your rent, exactly, pa yeah. selling paintings, and you do one painting a month, a failure rate of you know fifty yeah. percent means every other month you're not making money or you're not getting paid, right? Right. Like to have to destroy half of the works, but it, I mean it happens. Like it, no doubt. Like there are paintings that just have to be destroyed. Yeah. But uh, on the other hand, trying to balance that with like a almost like working with no net, like I've got to figure out a way to make this work can, right. can be pretty good too. So the idea is it's not that you're trying to make the idea that something's less precious to open you up to be better. It's more to work the problem out. Like that's a little bit more of the idea than like, oh, don't, don't, don't be so precious about your work, you know? Like it seems yeah. like they're slightly two different things. Both are sure. probably good. Uh, I think both are good, but they're two slightly different exercises. At least that's yeah. what I'm understanding. Yeah. And, and it, um, yeah, and I think it's just exciting when you, when you don't know how a painting is going to happen, and all of a sudden you're thinking about it for like a day or two. Like, how do I resolve this? And you know, you're it's that exercise of coming up yeah. with, you know, how am I going to deal so with this? So you're fully engaged. There's never because I know from myself there are times when. Because sometimes I plan out my paintings so precisely in its stages and everything that there is those moments that you're almost like shutting your brain off because you're like, I just, it's going, I'm just creating, like it's all set out for me. Like the road is clear at sure, times where sure. it seems like when you're doing that, you're like, nope, you need to be engaged at all times or else like you might just kind of go a little too off-roading. <laughs> you might not be able to find a path yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still have pain. Even when I employ those type of things into the process, I still get to the point where you're just like, okay, today I'm going to I'm gonna render the ear. I'm going to yeah. paint the heck out of this ear today, and that's my whole day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you still have that, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. that's good. But like the self-portrait, that one, like I just started with the figure with no background, and I didn't know how, how to resolve the background. And I had a couple different ideas, and... And and I remember when I thought about putting the quilt in the background, I was like, oh, it's gonna it's gonna be too busy with the shirt, and you know. I was, but finally, I was like, you know what? I think I can make it work. And I had to just sort of figure out how to just set it, make it up work until you the got fact. the shadow and the kind of to take up the right kind of right geography. Exactly. To... Is it a little meta that the blue on the tip of the paintbrush is slightly more saturated than most of the blue on the shirt? What do you mean meta? Like, like you were talking about your technique before. I mean, you were saying like up, we were talking about upping the saturation a little bit. And I'm looking at that blue and I'm just like. Well, he's painting his shirt. That's what I'm saying. Blue, <laughs> yeah, no shit. And I'm saying the blue, the blue on the tip of the paintbrush is like slightly more saturated than the blue in the shirt for the most part. I'm sure you didn't mean this. I'm I just don't saying know if it is more it's saturated. Interesting. Maybe it's we'll not. We'll put it this way. If you were painting 
the blue on the shirt, you're probably getting a purer version of it. And by modeling it, eventually that that very high saturated color is going to be slightly grayed out to get the form. Maybe so you can answer you the need, question, Carrie. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Why don't we ask the person who actually painted it? I, I'm just, this is just an observance I'm making. I'm Jason's. So, I mean, do you have it? So, when you see that, do, what do you, what's your, why do you think that is? Why is the blue more saturated? Yeah, on the brush. For the reason you gave, that you're that you're painting in in a in a more saturated. Oh, okay, that's cool. I don't know if you did that on purpose, yeah. but as soon, but like I've been st I'm sitting directly across from this painting yeah. right now, so I've, I've never thought of any of these ideas before. This is well, good. Well, just look at that. <laughs> so we have Jay with us to think of the you ideas heard it first. we don't think about. Suggested donation <laughs> podcast. You heard it first. Suggested donation podcast. No, I, I'm just saying. I've been looking at it. And I'm like, I wonder if he. Really you know, I wonder if it's my so, own imagination, but I also wonder if maybe that's like a, you know, a little... So Jay maybe Brown, Jay's Brown, saying Brown. that at the, <laughs> at the point, I, 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 part of me wants to just hear Jay get out of this, but like the other part... I said, I said hey, hey, I stand behind what I said. All right. All right. The other part is maybe Jay's saying that at the point when you painted the, the tip position, of the yeah. brush... Was the point you were blocking in that part of the shirt, and you just happened to did that part of the brush at that point. And I didn't have to, like you were saying, I had, the shirt's been modeled, yeah. so you tend to lose saturation. Less. Right. I, I mean, I'll go with that. That sounds good to me. I think it sounds, yeah. <laughs> when I said it, you were a little bit like, <laughs> like the look on his face was a little bit like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know they were different, actually. It's uh, like, maybe I'm not, hey, man, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe when I'm the collectors wrong. come to, the, uh, to your studio and they're like, I see this, I see that in your painting, and you're like, Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> exactly. I You're meant the, for you to see this. Uh, <laughs> You're the first person that's noticed that. Yeah. You know? like, You're special. <laughs> smart. You see eye to eye. <laughs> hey, anything to sell thing. <laughs> definitely. Um, so, uh, were uh, you starting off uh, teaching at Encaminati like as soon as you were done there? or Pretty much. Yeah. 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 And is that still consumed? Like, are you there like one day a week or? One day a week. Yeah, I'm there on Monday. So I teach portrait painting for level three and four nice. and, and evening class portrait painting. Awesome. So I've kind of like fell into that niche and become like the portrait guy <laughs> over there. I want to do por yeah. portraits. Go see Carrie. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. are you, um, I know you were talking about it, it's very structured, but is um, do you have a certain amount of, well, this is the way I'm going to teach it and the way I'm going to sort of represent and um, the way I would love, meaning like this is my kind of version of what I've learned sure. from being here. Sure. Do both of you guys teach? Do you guys? Yeah. 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 Are you teaching at GCA? I, do, I just actually stepped away. I'm on okay. a sabbatical. Okay. I, uh, I got a show coming up oh, in the great. fall. And so just to prepare for the show, I didn't awesome. feel like I could do the paintings justice while also leaving my studio for a full day a week. Yeah. Uh, which I miss because, I, I mean, I think those conversations add a lot too. You know, like yeah. just when people start to ask questions, often they're questions that I, it never occurred to me to ask and then I'm having to answer them. And through that, you know, process or even through just talking about what you do every day to somebody else, you kind of look at it through a different lens. And I find that incredibly valuable and also just like inspiring. Like it re-energizes me. Yeah. How many days were you teaching? Uh, one day a week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of miss <laughs> But, yeah, uh, I'm debating right now if I want to pick up a second day or not. And I keep going back and forth, back and forth, back. For that same reason, it's just like, you know, I want to, as soon as I'm done with that, tomorrow's the last the, day. The uh, portrait commission. The portrait commission. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start working on uh, figure paintings for Stanek Gallery, which is a gallery here in Philly that... What's it called? Stanek. Stanek. Yeah, it's a one of, it's a, they've been around for like not that long, a year or two. And, and uh, so I just signed on with them, which I'm real excited about. Awesome. So. Uh, it, but I want to do some figurative stuff for them. So I'm like, you know, do I want to pick up another day of teaching? Really, I just want to pick up a second day just because I want more money. But, like, <laughs> uh, but like, you know, like you're saying, like 50% failure rate on painting. Like, I mean, I really pay my bills through teaching, really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, and then, you know, if I sell a painting, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Somebody's eating nice. Going to steak. <laughs> Somebody's going for steak tonight. Yeah. Going to Best Buy. You know, <laughs> TV. Uh, Xbox. Which is, which is actually what I was, might do tonight. <laughs> so, uh, what this gallery? Yeah. Are, have you um, have you done a lot of like shows or anything? Or is this something that you're kind of like, well, I think I might want to start doing this stuff. I've never. 
I did a, a two person show last summer at a place called the artist study out on long Island. Okay. And that was, that was cool. It was a lot of older work and that was, but in, in like one or two newer pieces and like the solo show really intimidates me. It's actually. tough. It's tough so. to say I'm the next year or two years, I'm just going to do a bunch of paintings and put them all in one place. Yeah. Like that's, and an also like that's a, invest that's, in like Frank, it's, it's a big, I think one of the things that, that we've been talking about a lot is just the gallery model and whether or not it works for artists. And huh. I think, you know, you're, you're already giving a significant portion of every sale to the gallery, but to organize a solo show takes, I don't know, a year, maybe two years of your time. So that's time that so, you're painting, but not necessarily getting paid for those paintings. Right. And then you've got to invest in frames and all that stuff. And then they all go to this one place. And if they all sell, that's great. You get paid at the very end of this whole process. Right. And maybe you get paid. It's a risk. Right. Yeah. And, and I, you know, if you did, I don't know, 20 paintings and you're selling them through a gallery, you're really basically getting paid for 10 of those. So if they, right. 20 paintings sell, you get paid for 10. And this is like two years after you painted them. Right. I mean, as, a, as an artist, it's I, not I a good business model. Well, I think that there's got to be a better way for artists to, you know, and, and so group shows often are, are kind of a little bit, I don't know, maybe more realistic in terms of being able to like send a few paintings as opposed to 20 or work for a few months as opposed to, you know, because otherwise you, you do have to pay your bills some other way. And yeah. that doesn't seem like that's what we all got into it for, you know, like yeah. you're become a painter to paint. Right. Right. But anyway, <laughs> How do you I figured that out. Cause has anybody, I don't know. Like, well, so, I mean, I'm, one of the things like, uh, I saw you at that Florence Academy show and I mean, it's, it's just one show, but you know, that show is at the gallery in the school and, and for them to have that space and to be able to bring people in and, you know, assuming paintings start selling in those kinds of venues, you know, the school, because that space is, you know, in some way subsidized, could potentially offer you at least a better cut, you know, of the, of the sales, you know, better percentage of the sales. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know, maybe that's a way. And also because they're not in the business of being a gallery, maybe, you know, if somebody happens to love what you're doing in particular, like as, you know, you've been out of Encaminati for a while and just developing your own style, your own way of painting and your own voice, like if that voice resonates with somebody, maybe they just, that person is directly in touch with you and then they start to commission stuff privately. And, you know, maybe that, I mean, I don't know, it's something that I think a lot about because as somebody who's teaching people how to paint this way, I feel like I have some responsibility to try and at least think through how they're going to survive once they learn how to do the thing that I'm teaching them to do. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I'm very upfront with them when they come to study, like, this is a bad choice yeah. <laughs> for your life. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not a viable living, but if you want to pursue it, I'll, I'll you know, aid and abet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's got to be some better way to, you know, to do it. But the, I mean, the galleries, that said, like, I, I mean, I showed at galleries, you know, I was doing a, a solo show every two years or every year for a long, long time, and, and it worked well. You know, and I, I mean, I think I, I was doing, I was happy with how well I was doing. At yeah. The time, but. So, so your gallery, where they, um, they say that when, 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 uh, when bankers get together, they talk about art. When artists get together, they talk about money. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I feel like. like what a gallerist get together. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what they talk about. Yeah. Uh, Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> but did, Murder. If you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, uh, did, would they take 50% even if you sold it out of your studio? Would they, your, your no, gallery? No, no. I mean, okay. I, I think if you have like so an if, exclusive deal with that gallery, then, you know, if you sign a piece of paper with them, it's yeah. possible. But yeah. uh, I've never had that kind of an arrangement. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I've always felt like that kind of arrangement is for people who have uh, some other source of income. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm just stepping into the gallery world, so I'm still trying to, yeah, I mean, if if Figure the gallery out, was like, I'm really just kind of trying it out. So yeah. we'll see how things go. But I mean, it's great. I mean, it, it's I think great. I think can't... it's when you go through doing whether it's a solo show or just doing a two person show or just the idea of getting 
10 to 20 to whatever amount of paintings together all at one time to show one place, it does force you one to work. And when you go through it, you come out the other end a different artist. Huh. You do, it's just because it's like that idea, that concentration, all that work, the stress, the tenacity that you develop by doing these and saying, I know I got to do And also wanting to keep the level your standard. Mm -hmm. Like all these 10 to 20 or whatever paintings you're going to do um, have to be your standard to figure out ways to get everything, to take the time, to allocate the time to be able to do that. It's 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 a juggling act over a course of a year or two yeah. or whatever that changes you hmm. you know so i don't it's not a bad thing to do it's a forced like growing up in it's a pretty way awesome also just to like walk into a gallery and see, see your like work. Yeah. your work for the past two years yeah. in a like nicely lit and framed and you yeah. know i mean that's pretty awesome yeah, it, yeah. it's 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 great like i you, you, you know I just wish we got a bigger cut. Yeah, if it was <laughs> yeah. like a 25, See, like 75, a, I'd be good. <laughs> it might be, have you guys ever thought about interviewing gallery owners? Yeah, yeah, we got Because it's we kind of interesting, okay, it's interesting talking to them because they, because artists always complain. For sure. About the 50% thing, you know, yeah. across the board. And, but, and, and, but when you talk to a, a gallerist, you know, they, they come at it from a different vantage point. And when you hear, because when artists talk, when we talk to each other, like, I know this is crazy. That's ridiculous, yeah. you know? But when you talk to a gallerist, they're like, well, there's, you know, like with Stanek, you know, when I, I talked to uh, Catherine, the way she painted the picture, it was like, okay, like from that vantage point, it makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, what was her vantage point? Um, it's her vantage point was um, that, and, and also like with her, like, so I, I have a deal with them where, you know, anything I sell out of here, there's a, sh a, a shared split also. It's a little less, but, and um, the idea is that, like, we all have to be in this together, like, you know, so it's kind of like we're all on the same team. Mm -hmm. Okay. Kind of looking out for each yeah. other. And, and she was saying, supporting and, you that know. sounds like Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <Just> kidding. <laughs> I mean, she was saying that, you know, if it's not, if it doesn't, if, if it doesn't work that way, the whole thing's not going to work. You know, oh, okay. For, for them. So. You mean just for them to invest in you, like they need to make sure that like you're really investing in them at the same time. Is that it? And that like the costs of... I think so. And it's like, because they're going to be, they're, supposedly they're, gonna, they're supposed to be pushing your work and pushing right. your work into new markets and, right. and elevating the price and, and, yeah. and moving pieces. And if that's not happening, then it's probably not going to work in right. a yeah, relationship. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and so if that's happening, then you know, then, then we can all, you know, then every, you know, all ships rise at yeah. 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 high tide raises all ships type of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it may, there's a lot of like galleries that. that do that. Yeah. It's not, that's not uncommon. Yeah. And, and they normal. say that they work their tails off and, and good. And, and that's and, how the, which are, is what I'm assuming by saying that they're going to be sending people here too. So like in that case, oh, like, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah but like, sure. Send yeah, people down this sense. way, come yep. this way. It's like, you know, we all work together. Like that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I would be very excited oh. to see a bunch of your paintings in one place. <laughs> Go come down for that. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> do you have do you have a something to work towards? Do you have yeah. a possibility of when that might happen? Um, I don't know. I actually feel like my style is still sort of evolving a little sure. bit. Like I even feel like these next uh, figure paintings I'm gonna be doing over the next. There, there's a figure show at at, at Stanick in June. Um, like even those paintings are going to be different a little bit in my mind I, you're going to be different a little bit different than anything i've done before i'm actually thinking i'm taking color completely off and i'm just going to do fully monochromatic paintings for a while um just because i want to explore that and and what's the what's the um the uh the inspiration for that um I, I there's something about not having color maybe it's this idea of i just keep changing things to try to try, you know, image shake, making, shape things, like a shake things up a little bit. Yeah, there. from like a different vantage point again, and it might be interesting to approach it without any color, so that you can slowly over time be like, oh, but I really want this color this back color. in, and it's you know, and yeah. and there's something very powerful about monochromatic work, also, like Eugene um, Carrier, or yeah, 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 uh, and you know, and then like when you go to the uh, the show at the Florence Academy, uh, my painting has, uh, you'll, my frame is, I made it out of 
tree branches. Uh-huh. Oh, really? And you used to tell me, you, you have to tell me if it completely sucks. <laughs> uh, I like it. Yeah. So I want to make, make more stuff like that and, and, and try and also being more conceptual. Like I have over there, I have let the, let the concept drive the piece. Like I feel like I've been, you know, I, I kind of can easily get really enamored with just the visual, you know, how well it's painted, you know, and, you know, a figure on a, on a reclining, you know, and, and you know, it's like an instant thrill to know and, that and that's kinda, sure, and that's fun you that's know, but, great and when the craft is masterfully done like that's like so i think something that we're all after and, yeah you know we all get excited about that um but i've i've felt that you know talking about the atelier, atelier movement and the craft coming back and getting better and better and better like our generation is like there's yeah. so many good painters in our generation. So good right now. I'm just like, whoa. And and but I felt for a while that, okay, this is my opinion, uh, that the atelier movement, so the conceptual art movement, I think, could benefit from more craft. Absolutely. But I also think that the atelier movement can benefit from more conceptual thinking. Sure. You know, so sure. for me, like these next uh, paintings, I want the concept to be the driver in the driver's seat, and everything sort of follows behind that. Can we see the piece that you've mashed the palette on? Uh, it's I don't have it here, but it's <laughs> it's 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 got three three female figures on a beach. Okay. It's like a made up sort of beach, like a kind uh-huh. of slightly imaginary. Uh, it's actually at Haynes Gallery. Maybe um, get a picture of that for the, shit, for the yeah. So it's it's mm-hmm. under there. You probably won't be able to see it from okay. the. Um, so do you have a, a website? Uh, www.carriedun.com. K e r r y d u n n. And I'm on Instagram at Carrie Dunn Studio. Yeah. And you're at Incominati pretty regularly. Yep. So. Yeah, I'm still very, very much involved with Studio Incominati. Possibly even more involved. I know. Coming up. Possibly, Possibly two days away. <laughs> we'll <Yeah>. see. <laughs> well, I would highly suggest it. Do you do any like outside of Incominati, like workshops or anything yeah. where people can come and study with you or come by your studio or any of Yeah, or at Incominati. Or at Incominati. Yeah, I, I do workshops at Incominati. I also do them on my own. You know, it's been great. Got to travel the country and do oh, nice. different, different uh, for that. And keep us um, updated on your uh, on this show or okay. if you have shows coming yeah. up because we'll put them on the website and stuff like that. All right, cool. And, That'd be uh, awesome. I definitely think people should check out as all your stuff if they can. So I can't, hey, I can't wait to dig in these figure paintings. I'm get into it. Ready. I'm excited <laughs> to see what you, you, you pull out. So <laughs> thanks for for making the time out. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Here and host us at awesome. your, your awesome studio. So, uh, um, so thank, yeah, thank check you, out. Thank you for having me. It's, yeah. it's, it's really, you know, it's nice when people, you know, are interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, it's like we're all trying to, you know, yeah. support and, you know, help each other. So it's just kind of going along that path. Same thing you were saying before. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. And all thanks, right, Jay Brown, 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 Brown. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> And I saw her wrist and oh.